And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's The Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who needs an air conditioner. Hi, folks, and welcome back to The Larry Miller Show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And boy, it's not a coincidence I talked about air conditioners, is it? And I'm going to be talking about them a bit more. But it's happy news, in a way. No, it's not, actually. It's just... It's too hot to be happy. And that's not just, you know, on the mainland or here in Southern California. That's all over America and the world, as you know. It's a hot out there. But I'm happy for it. Boy, I'll tell you, though, I, uh, but I, I'm always happy for the show. And that's a great blessing, by the way. Jeff and I love the show and love doing it and love prepping it. And, uh, and then, well, recording it just like this. And, of course, the music always makes me so happy. That's the Neil Armstrong Orchestra and the Linda Carter Dancers featuring boy tenor Brad Simpson asking the musical question, If deer were allowed to serve in the Marines, would they be classified as buck privates? Well, number one, yes. Yes, they would. It makes them happy. And what's wrong with happy deer? Good question, though, Brad. Yeah. Buck privates. And there's another reason that's a good question. Is because, uh, well, I have some marine stuff I'll be telling you in just a little bit, too. And uh, by the way, uh, this is... Neil Armstrong is appropriate to mention, well, any time. And it's also just a... Well, uh, coming up to... The uh, 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong putting his foot down on the moon and saying that wonderful quote, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. What a guy. And uh, after he passed away, there was a quote from his children. People wanted to know what to say or think. And the kids said, the next time you walk outside on a clear night, and see the moon smiling down at you, think of Neil Armstrong and give him a wink. Isn't that nice? I think that's a lovely thought. You know what? I think I will, too. And uh, and maybe we all should. And by the Larry Miller Store. Now, you know I love all the music Colonel Jeff finds, and uh, that one is just especially, it's just knuckle-headed enough, <laughs> but it sounds great. It's cool, but fun. <laughs> and that place is a great place to be. Go there, go there, go to the Larry Miller store. Ha, 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 ha.
But do go there. And yes, you can get there any way you want. You can get there on your computer, your iPhone. It doesn't matter. But let us take you there. That's the best way. Go to our website, LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. <laughs> oh, he broke that string again. Poor fella. But, uh, yeah, you know what, though? Go there, go to our website, and we have a banner that says the Larry Miller Store. <laughs> I forgot that time, too, because I, <laughs> I didn't think about it. Each time I say it, we've decided that, that, that Colonel Jeff will play the theme again. But anyway, you know what? Oh, we've got all sorts of great stuff. Buy buy some good stuff from the Larry Miller store. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have had the fish. But you know, <laughs> we do. We've got great T-shirts I love so much. The ones that one says, keep calm and Larry on. And one says, my parents went to volcano number two. And all I got was this lousy T-shirt. <laughs> so um, go there anyway. And we've got, as we well put on our photo last week, the Bet Larry T-shirts. And that that's the best way to put it, right? It's from the Batman show. and uh, But it has me <laughs> smiling. And drawn in there, and it says Larry <laughs> on the Batman wings. Oh Lord! <laughs> but you know what? Go there anyway. Go to the go there. Yes, you know where. Oh, maybe they forgot. All right, go to the Larry Miller store. <laughs> and you'll be glad you did. And so will we. And that brings me to my favorite part of the show, the joke of the week. And this is a good one, too. Uh, we got this one also. I have a book that says here, Milton Berle's Private Joke File. Over 10,000 of his best gags, anecdotes, and one-liners. And... Uh, that was a man I got to know in the, well, in the last three, four, five years of his life. What fun it was to know him. What a, just a cool, funny guy. And I mean, I saw, I saw him in Las Vegas work with Danny Thomas and Sid Caesar. And I think it was called the, the Three Kings of Comedy. And uh, Danny Thomas opened up, and then Sid Caesar went on, and they were terrific. And, folks, I'm telling you, Milton Berle came on at the end. They each did uh, long sets, I guess, and he did 45 minutes or an hour. And I'm telling you, and I was working in Las Vegas at the time, but I had a night off, and I wanted to see that show, for goodness sake. And when Milton came on, folks, he started speaking, and meaning performing, and just five, six words in, I'm, you know, I and everyone in the room is just, <laughs> you start to laugh. And another five words, 
I'm telling you, we were rolling, howling for an hour, and there was no mercy. And he doesn't, he just, but a bam, 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 bam. And I'll tell you what, and I was with my agent at the time, Tom Stern. Boy, oh boy. And we just kept looking at each other going, this is unbelievable. So, uh, you know what, though? That's where we got the joke. And I sure did love that guy. And I got to know his wife, Ruth. And uh, those were, as they say, good times. But anyway, that's where we got this joke. Because I, I said to Jeff, hey, you know, I've got Milton's book there. Why don't we uh, take a look? And Jeff, well... The colonel uh, leafed through it, and he found this one, and we both thought it was pretty good. So here it is. Anyway, uh, a married couple is walking down the street in New York and Manhattan, and they pass a jewelry store. And they look in, and his wife says, uh, oh, that brooch is nice, you know. Uh, gee, I'd like that brooch. Well, just a second later, this fellow takes a brick out of his overcoat and smashes the window with the brick and reaches in and takes the brooch and hands it to his wife with a smile and bows his head. And she said, oh, thank you. And she puts it on and they keep walking down the street. Well, uh, just a half a block later, they pass another jewelry store and she looks in the window and he looks in the window and there's uh, nice earrings there. And diamond earrings, too. And she says, oh, those diamond earrings are wonderful. They're beautiful. Oh, gee, I wish I had those. It, same thing, another half a second later, he takes another brick out of his pocket and smashes the window again and he reaches in and gives her the, the diamond earrings. And she smiles and said, oh, that's so sweet. And, he, and he, the same thing, he nods and smiles. And it looks at each, they look at each other, and she puts them right on. And they keep walking. Well, another half block or a block later, they pass a third jewelry store. And they look in, and she sees a, a nice ring, a diamond ring that's so... She says, oh, that ring is gorgeous. I've got to have that ring. And he turns to her now and says, what is this? You must think I'm made of bricks. <laughs> We got a kick out of that. Anyway, I hope you like that, folks. And thank you, Milton. And, uh, yeah, as always, you know, my motto here is pass that joke along. If you like it and you think it's fun, tell someone you care about, someone, well, in your family, at work, friends, anyone you care for. And because keeping a good joke alive is like keeping good music alive. And that brings me to my second favorite part of the show, The Poetry Corner. Boy, that poor fellow still has that cough, too. One of these days... One of these days. He wouldn't have that cough on Milleronia, by the way. You know why? Because I'd forbid it. And he would know that he'd better follow that. In any case, this is by the great Robert Louis Stevenson. And it's called Summer Sun. 
Great is the sun, and wide he goes, Through empty heaven with repose, And in the blue and glowing days, More thick than rain he showers his rays. Though closer still the blinds we pull, To keep the shady parlor cool, Yet he will find a chink or two To slip his golden fingers through. The dusty attic spider-clad, He through the keyhole maketh glad, And through the broken edge of tiles, Into the laddered hayloft smiles. Meantime his golden face around, He bears to all the garden ground, And sheds a warm and glittering look Among the ivy's inmost nook. Above the hills along the blue, Round the bright air with footing true, To please the child, to paint the rose, The gardener of the world, he goes. Isn't that lovely? Wow. And again, a great poet, you know. Who, who can write about the sun like that? Hey, what about the summer sun? Well, Robert Louis Stevenson can. And yes, it was, a, well, it was just perfect to pick because, well, it's it's hot out there. It's a hot. But first, my third favorite part of the show, MMM, the magic movie moment. This is a wonderful movie, and actually, Colonel Jeff had written down, we've talked about this, I've talked about this movie, but it was years ago, it was five or six years ago, and it's awfully good, and it was in my head and heart anyway, and uh, so we said, let's talk about it again. From 1945, They Were Expendable, directed by John Ford, starring... Robert Montgomery, John Wayne, Donna Reed, Ward Bond, so many others. This is about the Philippines and the Battle of Bataan. A very dramatic, serious moment. And, and the, these sailors, they were part of a PT crew. Because the PT boats, the patrol torpedo boats, were still new and then well, the fellows in the Navy at the in the top levels, they didn't know what to do with them. And so these men would take them out and they'd show them. PT boats were very useful and they were very deadly and they were good weapons for us. And by the way, for the record, they're made of plywood. Interesting. Not metal, but mahogany plywood. And uh, that's probably not the kind of thing you want to hear just before you get on the boat. You know, by the way, this is all styrofoam. Uh-huh. At any rate, it's a terrific movie and about a true story and how they fight and fight and fight, but it's not going well because this is when the Japanese beat us and took the Philippines. And that last big thing was, well, the battle for Bataan. And there's a scene in it, oh, there's so many things in this, but where General Douglas MacArthur and his family, wife and kids, are at the last second being evacuated. 
And this was when uh, Douglas MacArthur made that famous statement, I shall return. But, oh, what a, what a great leader he was. What a great military man. And it may not sound like much, but they filmed a scene where, well, so many of the, the PT sailors are at attention because General MacArthur and his wife and the kids are coming out of a little, oh, a little torn down cabin. And this is the last second. They've got to be evacuated so he can come back and fight and win. And by the way, the sailors he walks in front who are at, at attention there, the sailors he walks in front of were so taken by this man's presence they they really they kept blinking and one there was ah i remember this guy that was a great character a jewish guy from brooklyn and they were all tough and he just couldn't help but smile at the honor of being the ones who were protecting this man now so he he could get away and come back to win and the other part of that that's very touching is these men didn't get away. They were the ones chosen to stay, to stay and fight, even though it was lost. They were the ones who were still going to put up the last fight. And they knew what that meant. The Japanese weren't very generous with prisoners in those days. And it meant this was it. But at that moment, they were seeing to it that General MacArthur could get away. And, well, it's very, it's good, it's moving, and it makes you, well, it makes you proud. And at that moment, you see, so interesting, Dad Knowlton, the guy's name was Dad, and he was, he'd been there 40 years in the Philippines. And he was an American sailor there, and, well, he wouldn't leave. They kept a place on one of those planes for him to get on. And he said, I'm not leaving. I've been here 40 years, and that's it. This is mine, and this is where I live, and I'm not giving up. He wasn't crazy, by the way. That's just the way he was. And, folks, this was at the last second. And the Japanese are coming up the road. And they said, Dad, come on. And he said, nope. And they looked at him, and they they got away, the other Americans there, and they looked back over their shoulder, and what an image that was part of this movie, too. Dad Knowlton was sitting on the porch of his little cabin in a rocking chair with his rifle in his lap and a jug of moonshine between his knees and a pipe in his mouth. And that was that. That's where he was, that's where he was going to sit and stay and fight the Japanese as they came up that road. Well, that's another one of those moments. They saw that over their shoulders and then continued the evacuation. But that's another one of those moments of, do you need more than that, folks? I don't. <laughs> 
It's a terrific movie, folks. If you've never seen it, well, they were expendable. Please see it. If you've seen it, well, like me, 10, 20 times, see it again. And remember, because we all forget, or we all never knew. But yes, at the Battle of Bataan, these men and those nurses and those doctors fought hard. And it just wasn't the time to win yet. You know, it's it reminds, speaking of, by the way, it doesn't get chilly in the Philippines either at that time of year or any time. And that's why the truth is, it's too hot. The colonel and I were talking about this because you know what? We're on the mainland now, and the weather, as you know, is always perfect on Milleronia because I insist. But here it's it's so hot. It's crazy. You know, you know how I, I drive up and down. I've done this four times in the last 10 days or so. Get in the car just to drive down, up and down Ventura Boulevard to be in a, where the air conditioning is. I can turn the air conditioner on in the car, and that's exactly why I'm doing it. I did it one night, well, it's, it's only about five, uh, you know, in the afternoon at that point, but just to go down to the money machine and get some money, get some cash. But that was great because it was air conditioned in the car. So it's 15 or 18 minutes driving one way to the cash machine. And then, of course, you got to get out now and out of the car where it's air conditioned. So you got to turn it all off. But then I got back in, turned it on again and sat there for about 10 seconds. And then with a big smile, I just pulled back out of that parking lot and back out onto the boulevard and just to head home for another 18 minutes of air-conditioned comfort, which is, well, let's face it, that's the way we are. I like it that way. I remember when my job in the family was to lower the windows in our 61 Chevy Impala hardtop, four-door, so it was not a sedan, there was no post there, but my job was to lower those windows on summer days about a half hour before my mom would drive me, my sister somewhere, maybe we'd go to the beach or something like that, and dad was at work, but boy, you know, the thing is just to, and I, I was proud of having that job, lower the windows, get the air moving. Well, it didn't work, by the way, I mean, it, the truth is, Oh, so was it nice then? Well, no, but it was better than, it was probably a degree or two better than it would have been without lowering the windows. So instead of 107, it was 105. That's pretty good. But you know what? It, it reminds you, what, what, did, what did we do? And what do we do now? And I remember those banners. I've mentioned this before. When I was a kid, Movie theaters still had banners over the entrance there, over the, well, the ticket booth and the box office, and the banners were the length, the width, rather, of the theater, and they all said, air-conditioned, and they were spelled, it was written in sort of frozen letters with a, with a, you know, a royal blue background and a lot of snowflakes around the letters, 
Well, that was not a small thing. I mean, it may sound goofy to to you now, but that really brought people in because they didn't have air conditioners, but the movie theater did. What's playing? Who cares? It's cold in there. It's far cooler in there in July and August than it is out on the sidewalk. And I remember that. What I, I made me wonder, you know, what did what did people do before air conditioning? What did, what did we all do? I mean, one, two, five, ten generations before. And uh, the answer is, by the way, still got dressed up and walked around outside there. That I remember my parents arguing. We had an air conditioner in the house, and my mom and dad used to argue about leaving it on when they left for just an hour or two. And it's a good argument. You know, Mom wanted to leave it on. And Dad, I think like most men, like most fathers and husbands just said, but there's no one here. If we're gone, just couldn't get the male head around that. But uh, they left it on. Anybody shocked by that? But, you know, and whew, that's what people did because they needed to. I remember in dorms at college and my fraternity, everywhere, buildings, there's no air conditioning, no fans, nothing. And I mean nothing. So it was just murder. It was crazy. I I spent one summer up there. This is at Amherst College in western Massachusetts. And uh, I stayed there one summer. It was the summer before senior year, I think. And, well, western Massachusetts also gets crazy hot there. It's unbelievably hot. And I was working in the dining hall, and that was a good job. I worked there for four years. But I was working there, and, well, it's not not cold there either, you know. It's not cold anywhere. But the the thing is, and I'm sure you remember this either from childhood or from just knowing it, that People didn't overreact to that. People just went about their jobs. You know, I I remember seeing so many old photos in New York City of, there was one I remember that just really stuck out to me of uh, two men in New York City in around 1895, and they were talking. It was about 50 feet away, 80 feet away, and they're just talking to each other, uh, on Broadway, in the middle of Broadway, on a little island there, and they were, they were dressed to be out and about. They had long overcoats on and uh, three-piece suits, uh, tweed suits, wool suits, and, uh, well, the white shirt with the cellulite collars and uh, the ties and uh, bowler hats. But, folks, the date on the photo was August 15th, 1895. Do you know what that means? They're standing there in the middle of August in Manhattan chatting. And in the middle of, there's no trees, there's no shade, there's nothing. It's just murder. And I remember, I remember, we'll never forget that picture. They weren't upset. They weren't complaining. They weren't yelling at each other. It's too hot. It's too hot. This is crazy. Uh, 
they no, they were just dressed the way men dressed. And uh, I started thinking, you know, talking about this, and Colonel Jeff and I were thinking before the show during the prep time of, boy, there were there are a lot of hot jobs out there. A lot of people have, for instance, speaking of air conditioners, air conditioning repairmen. I remember we had a guy come to the house here in uh, on the mainland, and we have all the air conditioning uh, air conditioning stuff in the attic. All the engines, all the pumps, all the fans, all the units, all the all the all the pipes, all all the pi- every piece of big pipe, wide pipe, small pipe that go, and it's all in the attic. And I will never forget that the fellow who worked in it, well, they was in there up there in the attic, three and a half, four hours, and this is in the summer. And he would come down every so often to make a call back to the office to see if this happened, that happened, or just to use the washroom. And not surprisingly, this this fellow would come down, well, he looked like a prisoner who'd be locked, locked in a steam room, you know. And he was just, the face was red and pink and sw- sweating and, and just, that's a heck of a job. And uh, also, I remember uh, tiling roofs. You know, I remember folks, fellas go up on the roof there to put in new tiles, and they have that machine that turns tar around, the big black tar. And they're, well, they're out on the roof with it. And same thing, middle of August, and they're just putting not only new tiles on, but before that, patching up with Tar, um, same thing, August, in the middle of August, and just swiping it around there with those tar mops. And, well, that's the job. That's your job. That's what you were hired for. That's what you're getting paid for. So when you get home, you know, and your wife says, and the kids say, hi, Daddy, how was work today? The only answer to that is, oh, please, I can't, you know. I can't even complain. I don't, I just, it's just good to be home. I'm just going to get in the shower maybe for an hour or so. But that's, that's what you do. Also, uh, Colonel Jeff pointed out restaurant workers that, uh, as he said, nobody ever froze to death working in a kitchen. And that's sure true, isn't it? No, it's, it's murder in there. And, uh, in fact, today, here on the mainland, that uh, my son, who, uh, well, the Marine, who just got out of the Marines and uh, was having all his things delivered, uniforms, boots, and uh, the covers, which are those those white formal hats, and uh, all his things. And we're going to show you a picture of one. Uh, on the website, but I don't want to say what it is. And uh, so it was finally delivered. And the guys, and it was, it's murderously hot out there today and all these days. And they told him that the delivery before him was a woman in an apartment where the elevator was broken. Is that enough for you? She lived on the third floor. And had a bunch of stuff, 
that, uh, well, to carry up. And who do you think carried up? They did. That's once again, that's the job. And, uh, they carried it all up and put it down in her place. I was saying to Colonel Jeff and my, and my kid before, just, uh, boy, uh, I hope she tipped them well. You know, don't you, don't you think? How much did she tip them? I hope it was a lot because that's the kind of job you don't just, what do you say then? Okay, thanks. Bye. Slam. Do you not tip? And all they hear is the door click shut and the chain slide across there. Is, is that what you want to do? And then they're standing out in the hallway and you suddenly, all the hall lights go out. She turns, turns off everything and they just, wow. All right, then you, you well, you walk back down to the truck. I guess you know the way at that point. But no, the, the, you know, the truth is, so the answer to what did people do is nothing. They sweated. They, there's nothing to do. You get used to things. Wow. And I started to think there also, what did people do in the winter without heat? And I remember, well, I've worked in Canada many times. Well, I love it. It's been 50 times as, as a comedian, as, a, as an actor. And uh, I remember one time, one trip, uh, it was in Winnipeg, which is a great city, great folks. And uh, I was working there as a comedian, and I uh, left the hotel. I walked out in the afternoon to just grab a bite of lunch anywhere, you know, a coffee shop down the street, whatever it was. And it's in the middle of winter, and I bring everything. I mean, I'm not a baby. I brought not only, boy, big, thick mitten ski gloves and big, thick shoes and a union suit and big, thick pants, everything thick, and uh, and a warm coat and a scarf that you wrap around your face in addition to the neck. And a wool hat you pull down over, and then the hood over that. And I walked out of that hotel, I'll never forget, and turned left, started walking down the block, and it was so cold, and there was no wind, by the way. This is just still air, but folks, so cold that I remember just getting two stores or so past the hotel, and I had to stop and think, oh, this is... This is crazy, and I, I, I just, my lips and my throat and my eyes felt horrible. They, they felt attacked, and I said, all right, well, wait a minute. I, you know, I'm just going to find a coffee shop here. I just want to get some lunch, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I turned to the wall, I remember, between stores, and just, okay, okay. Okay, and then I turned back down the street there to head to find a restaurant, and I only got one store more, and then I thought, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now, this is not the Shackleton expedition in Antarctica, but can you imagine what they went through? But this was wild. This was as crazy as I had ever experienced, and just another five seconds or so, and then I turned back down the street back to the hotel and just said i can't do it i can't do it what about lunch who cares who cares about anything i it was as hard to get back to the hotel as it was to leave it for 50 feet and i got back to the hotel and walked in there and just ah, ah, and just stood there 
just breathing a little and just relaxing, letting your muscles and joints relax a little bit. And I walk past, and I'll never forget, I walk past the guy at the uh, desk, the clerk, on just on the way to the elevator. And uh, I had taken my stuff off at that point, unwrapped my head. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he knew the score. And he just he just nodded and said, yeah, which was great. He was just confirming, that's it, buddy. And uh, good luck, because you're in it now. So you know what, folks? We know what to do. And it's just a little hot now. And it's more than a little hot. It's very, very, very hot. But we know what to do, which is just get through it. And you and I know the same things. Homer is Homer, and Pluto is a planet. So remember, folks, as always... If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a house to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And hot or cold, that's the best truth I know. Be well, and we'll see you here next time. <laughs>